Today I would like to welcome Bailey Jones to the podcast. Bailey is a graduating senior cinema student at Lee University who has had multiple involvements over the last four years. She has participated on numerous student film sets, performing in various roles such as director, producer, and DP. She is the lab instructor for beginning digital media students, teaching them skills such as video editing, lighting, and camera composition. No matter her involvement, she leads with great intention. For that reason, today she will be talking with us about leading with intentionality. Hello, Taylor. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Yeah, like you said, I have had multiple roles here at Lee, um, both in the communication side of things slash digital media, but also in res life and um, just campus life in general. Um, like you said, in the comm side, I've had director, producer, DP on multiple film sets, um, student film sets. I've also um, worked as a PA, which was really cool in that aspect um, and wouldn't have the opportunity if it wasn't for Lee. Um, also, I've been a, a lab instructor for, this is my second year now, and it's absolutely amazing. I love that. Um, and also, I've worked as a TA under Miss Mary Dukes for quite some time, too. Also love her very much so. Um, but yes, and then I've also been a resident assistant for one year, senior resident assistant this year, and chaplain for two, floor leader for one my freshman year. So yes. When we're talking about intentionality and leadership, um, I think one, you just have to be real with who you are, um, the path that the Lord has placed on your involvement in the specific role that you are um, selected for, but also realizing that you're human. Um, you're going to mess up and that's okay. But learning to not make excuses for your faults, but learning from them and becoming more of a holistic person in that aspect. Um, and that's what I've learned throughout all of my roles and involvements here at Lee. So why do you find it important to lead with intentionality in your roles? Yeah, I, one, I think people will want to listen. Um, so if you feel as if you have something to say or something that you have experience in and you want people to listen to you, I think leading from intentionality is important. It's key in that um, because people want to follow someone who's authentic. So if you lead from a very authentic personality and way of life, um, people want to understand what's happening with you. So yeah, I agree with um, the fact that it is very essential and very important. I think um, when you look towards leadership in general, being intentional with the people that you're around is so crucial and so key, letting them know that they matter and, and their space they are valued and wanted um, when people want to listen to people so when they want to be followers they want someone to lead them through um, a very loving mindset and so when you think of Jesus and you think of um, any great leader that is in your life you see the love and respect for people in general and so it's not a 
as a leader, I'm not looking at you saying, oh, I'm holier than thou, or I know more than you, or anything like that. No, it's very much a relational um, leadership, and that's where I come from um, in my leadership style. It's very relational. Um, this idea that I want to lead from a, I can learn from you, but also I can teach you something as well. Um, and so I think to be intentional, that's key in everything to do with leadership. Um, just to have this mi mindset of, I care about you as a human holistically. So I want to see you go further and do more than I can. So we know that leading with intentionality is important, but often when we become a new leader at our church, at school, in our club, wherever it might be, we often find it difficult to have that intentionality, that authenticity, that vulnerability. And so how did you get to the point where you were willing to be intentional and authentic with those that you're leading? When I think about the ways that I've developed in the past four years, and even beyond that in high school, I think about how much I've changed as a human being in each role that I have had in the past four years. And so the same person that led in the chaplain role her sophomore year is so different from the, the from the person who is sitting here now leading from the senior RA role and the lab instructor role and all of that kind of stuff. I've grown so much and so when I think about when I first started out, I started out unaware of any theory, any leadership style, anything. I knew that the Lord had placed me in a position for that reason, for a reason. Um, and I just started there. Um, and so in that, I knew that what he was asking me to do was to lead from the place that I was in, to lead with the knowledge that I already had. And so that's why I think it's so crucial to just lead where you are and that's intentional um, to make sure that people know that they're loved and, and welcomed and valued and they matter I think that is intentional leadership and if you just start small you start small and it will grow we know that as leaders we should lead with intentionality and that God does call us to lead from where we are wherever that might be but how do you have that courage to step out and lead where you are? It's hard. <laughs> I mean, that question in and of itself is extremely difficult. Um, oh, the courage. I think a lot of the times we as human beings act without actually knowing the courage we hold to do so. So I can give you a, a little bit of a story, if that's okay. Sophomore year when I was asked to be a resident chaplain, um, I didn't know myself. I did not know, like I said, I did not know my leadership styles, didn't know my theories, didn't know anything when it comes to leadership in general. Um, I probably back then would have told you that I did, but honestly I didn't. And so I think I went into the year very optimistic. 
of what that year could hold and the opportunities that was it had I had set before, before me and but in the thick of everything that it comes with leadership the vulnerability the authenticity the walking and the depths of people's questions and wants and needs and people are hard the business of people is just a hard business I think it's a beautiful business though too um, but when it came to looking back like when I start pondering and looking back on that year and how it went a lot of that was not me so even though I look back and so many great things and memories and occurrences happened because of that year none of that was me and so I think when you ask how does one have enough courage to just step out and to take a, a leap of faith I don't think you know that you're doing it when you actually are I think it starts small it starts with baby steps it starts with just saying yes and just doing the one thing that's in front of you listening to the one person that's in front of you hugging the one person that's in front of you I think when you when you try to take a bigger step back and see everything that you have to get done and everything that you want to get accomplished it's overwhelming so just focus in focus in on the one person you're sitting across from focus in on the one neighbor that you haven't talked to lately focus in on that one person in the small group of people that you're leading that hasn't talked in a while or you haven't reached out to in a while or whatever that may be for you I think the courage is not always known but I think it's almost always there you just have to just say yes we live surrounded by noise noise in our head noise all around us people pulling us a thousand different directions technology pulling us a thousand different directions so how do you focus in on that one person that is sitting across from you at that moment that needs you to be whatever it is you need to be in that moment what's your why you need to first figure out what your why is behind whatever leadership role that you're a part of so for my for me I don't think I knew my why for a very long time until it kind of hit me in the face and so my why ironically is to help people know that they matter if you know anything about student development at Lee University you know that that's their mission statement to let students know that they matter however I think my why started way back when I was in high school I had a mentor um, still do in my life and his mission statement his why behind his entire life is to help students know that they matter um, and just that they that you matter in general whether that is a student a parent a fellow pastor a whatever that may be a neighbor just to make sure that people know that they matter and I think that that is my why and so when I think about the noise 
and the constant busyness that I'm surrounded in, it does creep up <laughs> every so often. And by every so often, I mean a lot. And But I think when I reestablish and refocus in on myself that I have to do every once in a while, um, I tell people that during the weekends I have to get my life in order. And that's me getting my life in order is focusing in on realizing why am I meeting with this person even when it comes to this why am I wanting to do this podcast why did I say yes to this why do I get up every day and teach lab students and come to the equipment room and have a friendly face on and why do I do room check and all the little things of res life it's because in those moments in those interactions in those smiles and those friendly haze down the hall it's because deep down i think those small intentions are letting people know that they matter um and so i think when you want to focus in on leadership you need to understand first what your why is behind it so how do you find that why <laughs> oh how do you not find that why i'm just kidding um <laughs> to find your why you have to sit and process and really begin to think Oh, this is going to sound really deep, but what? why were you created? I mean, I think that that's crucial. And if you're not a believer, and that's okay, why? what difference do you want to make in the world? I think other times, for some people, that your why comes with just doing. Like I said, when you have the courage, you just have to say yes. Continue to say yes. Um, and I think that happens for people when they try to find their why too, is just, you just have to keep on leading and working and fighting and I think your why will come to you. But I think it has to do with a lot of like processing as well and thinking and beginning to understand what difference you want to make and what you want to be known as. So what's your legacy? What legacy do you want to leave behind? That's the question you have to ask yourself. When we are surrounded by this noise and we're being pulled so many different directions and walking so many different paths, how do we know that the legacy that we chose, the why that we chose, is the one that is actually meant for us? Okay, yeah. Um, character. When you start thinking of your character, the char the Greek word for character basically means engraved. So what is engraved on your heart? What's engraved on your leadership style, on the way 
that you want to lead others? What are you passionate about? If you had to walk on the front lines of any war or even as small as the front lines of the ministry that you're a part of, what encourages you to get up every day? When you begin to ask your questions, and when you begin to ask these questions to yourself, that why will follow. I also think you have to be completely real with yourself. It's going to take a lot of soul searching. But in the end, it's worth it. Because in the end, when you see someone who is struggling with a certain thing come to you with their little success for that day or for that week or month, and they confide in you, and they want to tell you the good things that are happening in their lives, and they want to tell you the ways that they have advanced. That is what makes it worth it. That's what makes the soul searching and the questions and the wrestling and the discomfort worth it. And out of that, I think you're going to find your why. Many leaders will find that finding that why takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. It's not something that is going to happen overnight in the span of a week or even in the span of six months or a year a lot of the times. So how do you continue walking in that, that discomfort to find that why? I think it goes back to what I said earlier, just saying yes. So in this period of my first leadership role, I went through a serious spout of seasonal depression. And I am going to be honest, did not think that I was a good leader at all. I mean, how can you define a good leader as someone who just wants to stay in bed and not do anything and not interact with any people? And that's not a leader at all. In the world's eyes. Key word there. Key phrase there. But when I look back on that year and all of the seeds that were planted and or the plants that were watered, when I look back on sophomore year, so many amazing things occurred. I grew relationally. Because of that, I was asked to baptize someone. Because of that, I learned what it meant to fight relentlessly for something. And I learned a lot about who I was and grew from a lot of pain in that. 
And so, like you said, it's going to be hard and it's going to be very tiring and, should you say, exhausting for most days. But I think setting out to do the work that he's placed before you and fighting through the discomfort fighting through the pain through your unwillingness to continue on and just stepping in and saying yes it's crucial and I'm not going to say that I can remember every pain that I went through my sophomore year and that I can recall like it was yesterday because no I've learned a lot and I've grown a lot since then but I do remember the times when I just thought life was really hard and everything was bearing down yet here I am I continue to say yes I continued to fight through I sought help and guidance for my questions, for my wrestling. And I think that's crucial too, is to realize that just because you've been put into this leadership position or maybe you have it and you're looking into going into a leadership role, that's not the end all. You're not the, you're not the be all end all. You're gonna mess up, you're gonna make mistakes. But to have someone that you can trust, to confide in yourself, to pour into you when you're pouring out, is necessary. It's necessary to have a support system. It's necessary to have people in your corner. So when you think of all the things that you need, just be those for other people. And that's what leadership is. In the last few years, the church has lost a lot of great leaders. Some to just walking away, some to suicide, Hmm. some to other things. And a lot of that is from walking in that discomfort walking in these questions and wrestling with them and seemingly finding dead ends everywhere they go. Mm -hmm. Fighting with mental illnesses and disorders that often go unseen Mm -hmm. because they are in that role of leadership. They feel like they can't express their feelings, their questions, their doubts to those around them, those in leadership with them, those that they are leading. Mm -hmm. And so we lose them. As a leader, how do we prevent that in ourselves and in the leaders around us? I think we need to take it back into how Do we prevent this as a human? How do we prevent this as humanity? Because I don't think it takes a leader in a church with a leadership role and a position 
to make a change. I don't think it takes a leadership. I don't think it takes a leader in any kind of role with a title to make a difference. I think it takes opening up and your discomfort. Having people that support you. And it takes courage. Like you said, it takes courage. Because it's not easy. It's not easy to walk with vulnerability in a leadership role. When I think about leadership, When I think about integral leadership, a human walking with integrity in order for the greater good of someone else, I think so hard we want to hold on to this glass ball and guard it with every leadership vein in our entire existence. But that's not what integrity is. That's not what leadership is and vulnerability is and authenticity is. No, it's not holding on the best person who can hold on to their mess. It's the best person who can learn from the ways in which they fail, the ways in which they're unequipped, the ways in which they maybe don't add up in the world's sense of leadership that might cause them to stumble, stumble, that might be a disadvantage in some sort of way. It's developing through that and strengthening through that because of that, despite that, is what leadership is and so when I think of people in the church that have just walked away from faith or have ended their life because they want to hold on to this to this false I false sense of identity and leadership and this false sense of being a great leader I think that we're holding on to so we're holding on to this idea of leadership too tightly and that it defines us that's who we are no i <laughs> i'm a human being i make mistakes i am forgiven because i have my, i've put my faith in a greater good my faith is not in my leadership my faith is in god And I think there's just this added pressure in the sense of everything when it comes to social media, when it comes to humanity now and our our culture and our generation. I think that's what it is. It's, It's we're wanting to hold on so tightly to this idea of leadership and that it's a glass ball in which we can never drop. We can never let people in unless and let them know, hey, I... I fall sometimes and I stumble and I am a human. 
but yet that's what leadership that's what great leadership is in my in my idea or at least what I think it is is someone who can open up and say I've been there maybe I'm still there but I'm strong enough to say that I'm seeking help I'm working through it I'm trying to understand where I can change and then to give that same inspiration and want the same thing for the people that you lead that's what leadership is when we are a leader and we are dealing with things we're dealing with questions and doubts we even though we need to be vulnerable and authentic we can't just shout it to everyone around us Mm -hmm. so how do we know how do we pick and choose our battles how do we know who to share our burden with Mm -hmm. I think it takes two mindsets and so when I think of how I would do it I think it's in constant prayer Lord guide my steps direct my path in which I can share my knowledge my experience my frustrations my wrestles my questions with but if you're not a believer I think it comes with who's in front of you who has opened up and said listen I don't understand having eyes open to the people that you're surrounded by and understanding body language and frustrations and just know when their know when their body tenses up to a certain topic or when they're they begin to look away or when you say something and maybe they don't return the next week and following up and being intentional in that I think that's when you begin to understand the people in which need to know your story Because yes, vulnerability comes with a certain degree. I don't think that the things that I wrestle with now and the things that I have wrestled with in the past need to be shouted out out from the mountaintops. Because then maybe people wouldn't (laughs) listen, I don't know. But I believe in common grace and I believe in this idea that if something is needed to be said, addressed, touched on, it's going to present itself to you. 
You just have to be ready when it does come. Among the things that we deal with as leaders, mm -hmm. among the questions and the doubts and the feelings inside of us, one of the things that we often deal with is sin. Mm -hmm. And so as leaders, how do we, for one, when we have sin in our life, whatever that might look like, how do we not let that, that thing make us feel ashamed as a leader or less than a leader because we are dealing with X, Y, or Z? And then beyond that, how do we know when we need to share that sin with one of our other leaders or with a leader who is over us? Mm -hmm. And how do we know when to take a step back so we're talking about sin. So I'm going to bring up the Lord. God. Period. End of discussion. When I have sin in my life, bringing it before the Lord, bringing it before the throne, and understanding that this wrong action does not define who I am. That the worst thing, good old VP Mike Hayes likes to say, that the worst thing that you do, the worst thing that anyone has ever done does not define who they are. And I think that's so true. I think that's truth, period. Yet, it does not give you a right to keep doing it. And I think the, your walk with the Lord is so intimate that it's not always necessary to tell someone else. But I think that when it continues, that's when you bring in your support system, people in your life that truly care about you. And you might begin to make excuses as to why you can't do this and why, or why you don't want to. But I think pushing through that uncomfortableness and beginning to open up will open and present itself in such a beautiful way that you probably wouldn't have even expected. And when it comes to stepping down I think that that is a case-by-case -case concern. I think, let's go back, I, I hope, I hope that the leadership that you are under allows for vulnerability and wants vulnerability. And I hope that you feel comfortable enough to go into a room and talk with the leader of your organization or whatever it may be and to completely open up and say, listen, this is where I'm at. But if not, I think that that's 
when support system in the church and friends and family, I think that's when they come in. I think a step of letting go of the past is to open up about it and begin to process through and wrestle with things that you maybe have even blocked out of your memory, blocked out of your mind. But I think that is inevitable when it comes to leadership because it's going to be brought up one way or another. Things that you have probably even forgot about are going to be brought up. And when you lead people well, and so whether that's finding a counselor, a therapist, someone within the church, outside of the church, a friend group, a mentor, a family member, a pastor, I think that that's crucial in I think that it's crucial in trying to become a better leader. To turn the tables a little bit, Mm -hmm. we as leaders can be intentional and authentic and vulnerable all day long. Mm -hmm. But we often don't receive the same back from those who we we are leading. Mm -hmm. And so how can we encourage vulnerability and authenticity in those that we are leading. Okay. I think it's starting with you and we've touched on this and communicating honestly and opening up and being vulnerable. And I think it's integral leadership that we've also even talked about by keeping your word and not promising fake promises and, um, But I think it's everything that you do in between. So not only does it start with you, but it also, in the moments when someone shares something with you. No, let's go back. I think it starts with you. However, everything that you do in leadership communicates something to those that you lead. So whether it's working hard on whatever task that you're given or project that you're given, that communicates something to the people around you. Showing up on time and not being late, that communicates something to the people around you. Being non-judgmental and treating everyone fairly, that communicates something to the people around you. But I think this next one is so needed when it comes to leadership. And that's giving credit where credit is due. When I think of the times that I have seen great leadership in my life, I remember the times in which they've spoken up for me. I remember the times that they have communicated the things that I've been doing under them and they're not trying to take all of the success and all of the fame. They are trying to promote 
the people in which that make the ship run. So when you think of a, of a metaphor of a ship, sometimes the captain is the one, most times, when you think of the metaphor of a ship, most times the captain is the one who is recognized the most. He's the claim to fame when it comes to the ship and how it runs. However, I think the most successful captains of said ship are the ones who acknowledge the people in the, in the engine room, the ones who acknowledge the people on the food service staff, the ones who acknowledge everyone underneath him. And those are the communities and the leadership styles that will promote healthy leadership and healthy vulnerability and authenticity. That's not only the captain that I want to be, that's the captain that I want to work for. When we as leaders are intentional and vulnerable and authentic, usually it's inevitable that those we are leading will follow suit. Some won't, but mm -hmm. in my experiences, most will, mm -hmm. depending on the situation. But as leaders, we are often in a unique circumstance. Mm -hmm. we, we want to be everything that we can be for those who we are leading, but sometimes we are not enough. Sometimes they need something more than us when they come to us and they're carrying something that we just can't deal with. Mm -hmm. When they're coming to us and they are being harmed or they are harming themselves or they are harming others, we can't always deal with that. Mm -hmm. And so how do we know when to kind of pass the baton to the person above us? And when we pass that baton, how do we let that person know that we aren't abandoning them, hmm. that we aren't betraying them and their trust and the vulnerability that they gave to us? Mm -hmm. What comes before your name? If you have a doctorate, then you can take on a whole lot more than someone who is leading a team of college students with a bachelor degree. <laughs> I mean, when I think about my training in res life, I know that I am not equipped with knowledge to take care of someone who is physically harming themselves. I know that I'm not equipped with the knowledge to take care of someone who wants to end their life. Period. I know that for the benefit of them to take on that responsibility would be foolish. 
period. And so when I think about the times that I have walked so closely with someone who is in that mindset for a season, I think about the times in which I have physically walked them to the counseling center, physically walked them to get help because that's my job. That's my job to love and lead them well and to walk with them in the pit of the despair that they're walking in. Because if I, I think of the analogy I think Casey Cole makes in her theology class of standing in front of this big hole of a pit of despair and trying to lift someone up, inevitably you're going to fall in. But when I get down into the pit of despair with someone and walk them through on how to escape and how to seek help, that's what my job is. So I think you just need to know your knowledge. I think you just need to know your abilities. Are you the best person to take care of this individual in the ways that they need to? Yes or no? If you say yes, that's a big responsibility. But if you say no, that doesn't mean that you're out of the picture. That doesn't mean that your work is done. Because it takes it takes a support system. It takes a whole town to support an individual. And I think that's why leadership is designed in the way that it is. Leadership is designed from bottom to top. And so you may be the boots on the ground that's working with your hands and getting down in the dirt of everything. But ultimately, everyone needs a support system. On the flip side of things, when it comes to not communicating that you're just ditching that other person, that you're backing out, that you're leaving them, that is shown through your actions. So you can say it all day long that you're never going to leave them, you're never going to leave their corner. You can say all day long that you're in their corner, that you're fighting for them. But if your actions don't match up with that, then they're going to ultimately think that you've walked away. And so checking back in, acknowledging their presence, their presence, acknowledging their presence when they do show up to things, sending them an encouraging text every once in a while. These are the crucial moments in which people will feel heard, seen, and loved. And I think that's a big part of leadership. It's those tiny things that add up, that add up to be such a great love for another human being.
To wrap us up, how can we keep ourselves from getting burnout? I think burnout occurs when you hold things in for too long. So I will bring in a great leader of my life. My mother says that sometimes we just have to clean out our closet. And when you begin to clean out your closet, it's going to be very difficult. And you're going to realize things about yourself that you probably didn't want to. But in cleaning out your closet, you become a greater human. When cleaning out your closet, your ability to foster stories well heightens and becomes greater. And in fostering those stories, you begin to lead from a very intentional place. But at first, you have to know your limits. And new leaders never know what they can do and what they can't do. And it's a lot of trial and error when it comes to that. But I also think it comes with vulnerability, and we've touched on this so much, this podcast, but the courage to understand when things get too difficult and too much, because ultimately you are going to come to that place. It's going to get too much. It's going to be very difficult. But being vulnerable with the people in which, but being vulnerable with the people who lead you is very necessary when it comes to preventing burnout. And if it's necessary, write your why on something that you look at every day, the background of your phone screen. Or tell it to someone who will encourage you with it every once in a while. Because ultimately, those reasons will realign your mindset onto what you're doing. Those reasons will make you refocus in on your leadership, in on the community that surrounds you, will make you refocus into love. I think a lot of burnout is fear. Fear of not doing it well. Fear of messing up. Fear of not having, having the knowledge to complete something or fear, period. Yet the beautiful thing is that love casts out that fear. And so when you refocus your mind, burnout will disappear. Thank you, Bailey, for joining us today and being willing to be authentic and vulnerable with us while talking about intentionality and talking about vulnerability and authenticity. Um, Just thanks for all the wisdom that you imparted on us today. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Taylor. I have enjoyed every moment of this. And as for wisdom, I'm not sure there was any, 
but I hope every person listening to this knows that they are valued in their place of leadership and that they can continue to make a difference by just saying yes.